talk about the importance of biodiversity, make it part of their overall sustainability story, because frankly, increasing awareness here is, is really critical. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. To help make sense of these topics, we sit down with thought leaders and do what we do best at the Conference Board, provide trusted insights for what's ahead. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this series. And today's conversation, we'll discuss biodiversity as a cornerstone of corporate environmental strategy. We'll talk about what biodiversity is, its impact on climate, and the business case for thinking about it. Joining me today is Paul Washington, the Executive Director of the ESG Center here at the Conference Board. Paul, welcome. Great to be with you, Steve. Thanks for having me. So, Paul, the ESG Center which you lead, recently published a report on biodiversity and its importance regarding sustainability. More on sustainability in a minute, but first, what's biodiversity? It's a great question, and it's actually one of those terms that sometimes can be alienating, like a lot of terms in the environmental sphere. You know, What does it actually mean? Well, it refers to nothing less than basically the variety of all forms of life that we're surrounded by animals, plants, bacteria, fungi who get a bad rap, and all the other forms of single cell organisms. So it's if you think about what you learned in high school biology about kingdoms, phylas, class, order, species, etc., it's all of that. It's all of all of forms of life around us. And so it, it basically biodiversity and the and the focus on it argues that more is better. Uh, why is that? Yeah, it is. Well, it's because, take it from a very human perspective, right? And why we depend on biodiversity. Well, we depend on biodiversity for so many things. It's it's where our food comes from. It's where our medicines come from, directly or indirectly. It's where um, the wood that builds houses come from. So basically, our food, our shelter, frankly, even our mental health comes from being surrounded by nature. And if you lose, you know, if you lose, as we are, hundreds of species a day or more, right, over time, the world becomes a less rich place. And I think, you know, sometimes this whole area gets a bit of a bad rap. And I understand why, which is like, oh, why are we focusing on losing, you know, the three-toed newt or something like that? Well, it's not about that three-toed newt per, per se, right? It's, it's actually about the overall diminution and the variety of life actually diminishes the planet and humanity. Well, and so they all kind of work together. You know, every yes. species of, you know, every kind of plant and uh, the fauna and the flora. Explain how how that matters to people. Well, yeah, because it's it's there's a there's a food chain that exists behind the food chain that we're familiar with, right? So the plants and animals the, the plants, the animals that we consume, if we're, you know, carnivores or omnivores, you know, they depend on plants. And those plants thrive because they're part of a natural environment with other plants and with single-celled organisms. So it's all that, you know, it's frankly all of nature that you can't see is important to all of the nature that we can see and that we rely on to live. And biodiversity is important to maintain the biome 
in absolutely ETR. yeah so you got to explain what the term biome b-i-o-m-e biome biome right. Uh, in these <laughs> right. geographic areas. So talk about, you know, talk about that. We need to do a little bit of uh, biology here. Sure. So, I mean, if you think of it as a biome is really actually both a combination of the physical and the natural environment. And there are major types of biomes. There's, you know, grassland, there's forest, there's tundra, there's desert, and there's the aquatic biome. And so there's, an, you know, an intense connection between the physical environment and the type of species that can live there. And this is where climate also comes into play, because climate can obviously directly affect whether species survive, whether they're reduced, whether they migrate. And it, it can do it directly to the, to, the, um, to, the, the, to the life forms, but it can also do it indirectly by affecting the soil and the natural environment, making a place in, uninhabitable for for life. Yeah, but that that proximity to each other in any geographic area matters. Absolutely. These are all ecosystems. And that's why it's sometimes, you know, we, we may focus on one particular species, but it's it's actually part of a we do so because it's part of a broader ecosystem and it's all interconnected. And many times we know the interconnections among these species, but frankly, we don't always. And in fact, if you think about cutting edge medicine, you know, it's often, you know, it comes those, the research comes from dealing with single celled organisms that are, are frankly still even being discovered. Yeah. And I think, you know, that last point is really important, which is we don't know what we don't know, yeah. but, but the more we learn about this, the more we, we realize that there is this, this interwoven fabric of nature that that all works together and when you remove one piece of it or destroy one piece of it or amp up one piece of it it throws the whole balance off a absolutely and and that can have a lot of unintended and unexpected and unknown consequences right and that's why you know the idea behind biodiversity is to protect and preserve biodiversity as much as possible because some things we can predict. If you lose this species, this is going to happen. In other cases, it's actually beyond what we even know now. Yeah. Now, you know, everybody's talking climate these days, and you know, and carbon in the environment. You you, you feel the, the warming uh, mm. of the climate. Well, biodiversity is pretty important to that too, isn't it? It's absolutely essential to um, slowing. Um, the warming of the planet and perhaps even reducing it. So, you know, so where where's climate change coming from? Well, it's coming from carbon emissions that are captured by the atmosphere, creating a greenhouse effect that increases the planet's temperature. So, and we know that those increases in temperature can have a profound effect on natural disasters and, and so forth. Well, what do, what does plant life do, right? Well, plant life takes carbon out of the atmosphere Right. And so we all know that from our biology class again, but it's not just forest. People often think, oh, you know, plant some trees and, and reduce carbon, um, you know, in, in the atmosphere. Well, it's not just forest. It's actually all the other forms of, of plant life, like marshlands, for example, are far more efficient in taking carbon out of the atmosphere than, uh, than forests, um, peat bogs and things like that. So it's all those forms of, of plant life that consume carbon that lead to a slower, you know, increase in carbon in the atmosphere and actually can even reverse it. Yeah. And people aren't talking about this because, uh, you know, it's all about, you know, em emissions, which is an important piece of it. And, and you and I have talked about that. Yeah. Before. 
and we shouldn't pollute and we shouldn't be emitting um, carbon or any of the, the other greenhouse gases because it has a direct impact. But any destruction of the biome, any destruction of biodiversity also creates global warming. Absolutely. It contributes to it. And if you restore the biome, if you restore plant life, it can help slow or reverse course here. So there are natural solutions. Along with reducing emissions, there are natural solutions to address climate change. Another term that you know is bandied about is sustainability. And you know, everybody wants to be sustainable, sustainable. It, what does sustainability mean? And, and how does biodiversity impact sustainability? Sure. Well, the way we look at sustainability in the, you know, at least in the ESG center is it goes, it includes, but it goes beyond environmental sustainability. Sustainability is if you're thinking of it from a corporate perspective, it's, a, it's in the best interest of the corporation, its stakeholders, society at large, and the natural environment. So it definitely has an economic dimension to it. It has an environmental dimension to it, and it has a social dimension to it. And, you know, I'll just, you know, no, I mean, the we talked a little bit about the direct effects on environmental sustainability if you're losing species, right? I mean, you're, you're destroying the biome and all that flows from that environmentally, you're affecting climate change and all of that. But there are also incredible social impacts that come from the loss of biodiversity. I mean, a really straightforward one is, let's say you're killing off the fish. Well, there goes the fishing community. There goes the fishing industry. There goes communities. Those are incredible disruptions to the social fabric of life. Same with farming, right? I mean, it's so you can see that's just very direct ways that it affects the people's livelihood. It affects their communities. So you know, biodiversity affects the very sustainability of of our, our society. Yeah, and you 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 know you touched on this uh, a little earlier regarding mankind and its ability to obtain food. And of course, our food comes from plant and animal life. Um, people are, are arguing that we should consume more plants. It's better for the environment. It's, you know, it's arguably better for health. But regardless, the whole totality is important for mankind's existence and health. Absolutely. Both physical health and I would submit, and there are plenty of studies of it, about this, mental health as well. I mean, imagine a world... You know, not to get all poetic about it, but imagine a world without birdsong. Imagine a world, as we're seeing in some places, without fireflies, right? I mean, those are smaller things, but they affect how people relate to the world. It affects mental health as well. And, you know, in addition to, um, you know, the food that we eat, it, biodiversity is also important to the water we drink, you know, because there are a lot of organisms um, in water that clean, that naturally filter water. Right. And you don't may not. Hopefully, most people aren't even thinking about that all day. Like there are natural things that are filtering water. But that's actually helping to keep water supplies cleaner, which is a global priority. So biodiversity, not only important to good food, it's important to clean water. Well, and when you throw off some of the balance and, it, you know, you you eliminate some of the counter effects of the bad things. That yes. Water. Yes. Right. Because yeah, because. Nature is built as a really brilliant ecosystem that is able to maintain balance. And when you lose species and so forth, that balance gets thrown off. And, you know, 
that's why we're all in trouble. It's why you know the World Economic Forum has rated biodiversity one of the top five greatest threats to humanity in the next decade. Yeah, and when you think about uh, farming as an example, you know the the way we used to do it is you know you just clear everything, you clear all the trees, you clear everything down to bare soil, and that was the way that uh, that farmers thought it was the best to plant crops, and then you'd plant them in rows. Well. What that does is it strips biodiversity for one thing. Number two, it limit it 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 you know just it, it just throws all that carbon into the air. Three, you've got runoff and so forth. So the biodiversity of farming in a sustainable uh, or sustainable farming is dependent on biodiversity, even even in the field itself. I mean, I'm I'm trying hey, to simplify. No, this. no, exactly right. No, so even those areas that can be looked at as okay well gosh agriculture has a huge impact on biodiversity and it does because you're clearing fields you know you're getting but but it actually relies so it not only has an impact on biodiversity but it relies on biodiversity to remain healthy the entire agricultural industry is incredibly reliant on biodiversity too for its own health so that's where it's a perfect example of of both an industry that has an impact on and is um, dependent on biodiversity. And that's why sustainable agriculture is such a key to a sustainable economy. Yeah. So don't clear the, don't kill those weeds. Don't clear, yeah. you know, <laughs> mow them down so that they don't fight too much for water. But the whole point is you need that biodiversity, yeah. even in the field to grow the crops that we want to grow in that field. The other area because is because of the nutrients that are put back in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but even in medicine, you know, you think of all these advances in medicine as people playing, you know, in labs with, you know, with all these, you know, these chemicals like high school chemistry lab, but much of their work is, is impacted by the study of, of biology and all of these strange and odd species, you know, that yes. contribute, you know, there's, they're looking at poisons and toxins that are emitted by toads and snakes and, you know, all of this yeah. stuff. You think, oh, that's bad. Actually, <laughs> It's being used for medicine, medicinal purposes. That's exactly right. I mean, again, this is the sort of this is one of those areas that can get almost stereotyped. Like, oh, well, you know, you're using aloe to heal burns or something, or you know, it's like shamanism or something. You know, there's there's sort of this holistic medicine, but this isn't about that actually. It's actually at the molecular level. So molecular diversity is critical to the most advanced technological research in medicine. If we lose diversity at the molecular level, we are going to be losing the raw ingredients that make medicine, medical advances possible. And once they're lost, it is irreversible, it is irreplaceable. So that, that is, this is a huge thing. If you care about the future of human health, biodiversity, has to be part of your agenda. Yeah, I mean, people think of uh, just the, the simplest kind of treatment as, you know, for example, aspirin. And, you know, Bayer aspirin was invented not that long ago. What was right. the 1890s? And that was by the Bayer company. But essentially, Native peoples, including Native Americans, have been chewing willow bark as a source yeah. of that 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 compound that is made you know into aspirin today and you know so instead of taking tablets they they chewed on on willow bark to get the same 
kind of effect. There are there are you know thousands of these examples. Yeah, of, absolutely. Of and, people and, relying on nature for medicinal purposes. Exactly right, and it's in the laboratory as as well, right? And and so this is um, you know we just did a recent roundtable at the at the ESG Center on the future of sustainability in the healthcare sector. And this is a core part of it. And it, it really means that everyone has a stake in, in biodiversity because everyone has a stake in human health. We're discussing biodiversity and how it impacts our geography and climate. We're gonna take a short break and be right back. What does the future of work mean for your employees? How will your company navigate ESG? Will there be a global recession? At the conference board, our experts translate the latest research and economic analysis into insights and real-time problem-solving for your organization. Membership at the Conference Board provides your team with an assortment of knowledge from economics, marketing and communications, ESG, public policy, and human capital. As a member, you'll have access to our center experts, member-exclusive events, data and benchmarking tools, and peer sharing that will help you understand the present and shape the future. Consider becoming a Conference Board member today by visiting www.conference-board.org. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Paul Washington, the Executive Director of the ESG Center at the Conference Board. Okay, so Paul, I know you looked up all of that stuff on the molecular biology of, <laughs> uh, of of chemicals because you haven't studied that in a while. But something you have studied recently is the economic impact of biodiversity. I, 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 it's complicated when you get into all the puts and takes, but just give us a simple overview of how biodiversity impacts the global economic situation. Sure. And I'll just put things into two, two buckets. And and yeah, you're right. I had to do, look that up about molecular yeah, I knew diversity because yeah, because you know <laughs> it's not what I do every day. All right, but on the economic side, that is more of what we do every day. And it's estimated that 15% of the global GDP is directly dependent on biodiversity. And just think about. I'll mention a few industries, and I think it's self-evident why. So forestry. Yep. If you don't have trees, you don't have trees to, to, to forest, right? Agriculture, fishing, food and beverage, right? So those are industries that are really directly dependent on biodiversity for the raw materials that make what they provide humanity possible. But then there are tons of industries, and it's about 37% of global GDP is indirectly dependent on biodiversity. And, you know, that includes things like tourism, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Or um, real estate, like where do you want to live? That's indirectly dependent on biodiversity. Other areas like construction, the materials that you're used to build houses, to build office buildings, that comes from nature, right? So biodiversity is either directly or indirectly you know, affecting. And by the way, those indirect are actually rather direct themselves, you know, for about 52% of the world's GDP each year. That is huge. So I, you know, I'm one of those people who, you know, as much attention is focused on climate, believes that the business case 
for focusing on biodiversity is actually clearer and more direct and in many ways more immediate than the case for making uh, the for focusing on climate. I'm not diminishing climate by any means, and these are clearly interrelated. I just think that you know you can walk into a boardroom and it's either the products and services that the company is selling are directly dependent on biodiversity, or more frequently, it's at least their upstream suppliers that part of their supply chain is dependent on a diverse natural world. And, and you can make that case pretty clearly in the corporate boardroom that biodiversity is critical to U.S. and global business. Well, in fact, your, your report that you just issued talked about that, and it talked about that businesses should focus on biodiversity as much as climate, because one, it, it, you know, it's, a, it's, it's sort of the, the common denominator, first of all, as you discussed earlier, and, but, but they don't come at it that way. They talk about climate CO2, yeah. but, but your point is we should be talking about how businesses are helping to build biodiversity, preserve biodiversity, use biodiversity, you know, as a, as a core to climate and everything else. Absolutely. I think, you know, the, there's a, there's the model that was established by the Paris Agreement that set international standards for greenhouse gas emissions and and so for, for you know for increase in temperature that led to national legislation disclosing greenhouse gas emissions that then cascades to uh, private sector action so it's a very top down model that we've seen in climate and now we're starting to see a same sort of top down model emerge in biodiversity treating as if it's something separate and and our view in the ESG center and this isn't just our view it comes from convenings that we do with our members right so we talk to really smart company companies and company executives about these topics and their view and hence our view is that each company needs to look at environmental issues at least as a suite of issues and they're interrelated. So it's climate, it's biodiversity, it's water, it's waste. There are a couple of reasons for that. Um, the first is that you're gonna just murder your board of directors and senior management if you say, well, last year was climate, this year is biodiversity, right? So it's, it's gonna be a death by a thousand cuts if you silo them. Second, they, they work together, right? Um, they are, are interrelated. So it doesn't make sense to look at them separately. And as you're planning and undertaking projects, you will often want to address many of these topics in one area. So for example, reducing waste can mean you're taking less out of the natural environment, which means you're preserving biodiversity, which means you're helping with climate. So both at a planning level at a conceptual level, at an implementation level, you really want to be looking at environmental issues collectively as what where your company both has the biggest impact on it and where it has its biggest impact that it can have externally as well. So that's our suggestion. Like the siloing of biodiversity over here, climate over there, water over there, just doesn't make sense at any level. The other, the final reason is, if you sit around waiting for the next international treaty to come out on one of these areas or the next SEC disclosure rule to come out in one of these areas, you are not going to be making progress or, you know, or even seizing, seizing business opportunities at a rate that makes sense. Uh, it, it's going to take too long to just respond to regulation here. You know, and, and companies focused, I think, too much on the disclosure aspect of it, you know, credits for this, credits for that. I mean, I think what you're saying is you got to step back here and you and you and you've got to it's not about disclosure. It's about what you're doing 
that that impacts biodiversity because biodiversity is the balance that keeps our you know our globe and everything in it humming whether it's you know whether it's mankind whether animals it's future yeah um you know it's the future of the climate uh the globe itself so so you've got a it's it's almost like the least common denominator that that people are not focused on i, I agree in fact for there you know some fairly decent minority uh uh, percentage of companies in the United States, even among the S&P 500, it's like 20% are, are are not really addressing climate. Well, maybe the way in for those companies to get their minds around addressing climate is for them to focus on biodiversity, which then leads them to address climate. But I think your 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 fundamental point here, which is a really great one, which is companies need to look at these things not in terms of disclosure not have this be a di disclosure driven exercise have this be a strategic driven exercise and if you're trying to have a company that is sustainable like for for itself for its stakeholders including its investors its employees its customers its communities for society at large you really need to take a strategic approach so the first thing you do is you say okay what are the main intersections between my company's business and these environmental areas. And having sorted it through and figured out the main intersections you have, you've got your menu of, of areas that you affect, then you really set as your North Star, where can I have the most positive impact, favorable impact on the company's own welfare and the welfare of society and the natural environment. Impact is your North Star, it's not disclosure, it's where can you make the biggest positive difference. And then having that as your strategic North Star, you'll be moving in a way that it's serving the company's financial interests, its employees, as well as society and the natural environment. You know, one thing we know uh, is that, you know, and scientists tell us is that biodiversity is declining, meaning that the number of species that are out there are declining in, plant, in the plant and the animal kingdom. So that also creates risk for companies, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we are in an environment of species disappearing. When we, some people have referred to this as the next great era of extinction. Extinction, and it's not happening because there's a meteorite that wiped out dinosaurs. It's we're doing it right. We are the meteorite, and and yet it and. But one of the tricky things here is in this whole area, and what makes it really complicated, Steve is that this isn't like climate where there's this universal measure of greenhouse gas emissions that everyone can focus on. Because just tracking the number of species that are lost really doesn't, it, it, it's not a one for one. There are some species that are more valuable than others to the ecosystem, but frankly, there are also species that are valuable that we don't even know. And so that's one of the challenges in this whole area is that there isn't that same sort of consistent metric that you can apply. And frankly, there's a lot of unknowns here. And so that's why the overall intent of protecting biodiversity in general is what's really important here. So companies obviously should do everything they can to protect it um, in their operations and you know how they act. Anything else they should be doing? Well, sure. I mean, I think this is the sort of thing that it's both their own operations and how they act. It's in their upstream um, supply chain. So it's the products and services they buy in the market. It's actually the products and services they sell and how they'll be used downstream, right? Because there are certain products that, you know, can have a higher impact on, and uh, you know, in downstream customer use versus others. So they can be mindful of that. 
the other thing they can do is is frankly in their communications with their employees and and with the external world actually you know talk about the importance of biodiversity make it part of their overall sustainability story because frankly increasing awareness here is is really critical i mean we have seen a real increase in awareness of uh, the impact of greenhouse gas emissions and climate change. And it's having it is in fact having an effect. In fact, major US companies um, this year, we've seen the S p 500 see only a three percent increase in year over year greenhouse gas emissions. That compares to an over thirty percent increase year over year in the Russell three thousand. So big companies focusing on this, they're paying attention to it. We are in fact seeing progress in greenhouse gas emissions. So, Doing their part, raising awareness is something that companies can do with biodiversity as well. Did we miss anything? Any other thoughts? I think that's, at least for me, I'm pretty thought out, but. <laughs> we are, we are, we are the meteor. The of the day. <laughs> we are the meteor, right? right? We, are... <laughs> we are the meteor. Paul Washington, thanks for being with us. It's a real pleasure, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover the leading topics in economics, geopolitics, public policy, ESG, and more. Please share CEO Perspectives with your colleagues, your friends, and every biome you know. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.